But you might, yeah. So we might convert you into a Chrome user. Do you think? I, I don't care at all, to be honest. You know, I mean, <laughs> as long as I see, I, I see the content that I'm, I want to browse, uh, I'm fine. Yeah. Welcome to Cloud Realities, a conversation show about what cloud-driven transformation really means for businesses and humans. I'm Dave Chapman. And I'm Shao Kazal. And this week, we're going to be hearing from Daniel Hartert, a CXO advisor, who's going to be giving us a view from the front line. What's really going on with cloud and what challenges do CIOs have? And we're also going to hear a little bit more from Daniel on his background and some of the challenges he's had. So Daniel, thank you so much for joining us. Tell us a little bit about yourself. I understand your last CIO role was at Bayer. Yes, actually, that is true. But maybe to start on on, on the private side, I, my marriage, you know, I have a, my second wife, Katya. I have four kids. Enjoy nice. being outdoors, you know, for our private times and uh, enjoy life this way. How old are your kids? They're upgrown, you know, they're between 23 and 31. So uh, calling them kids is sometimes yeah. a little bit uh, like a joke. <laughs> so, so you're, you're effectively be- free. You're, you're like in your second childhood at this point. Uh, that's that's absolutely true. No no grandchildren <laughs> yet. Uh. <laughs> no. Well, by the sounds of it, it's not going to be long. Uh, I'm not sure. You know, I, I need to talk to them. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, there's still time for that, I guess. Yeah. And then, you know, on my um, professional side, I started out as a software developer, actually, you know, hmm. uh, designing software systems for semiconductor design uh, by the end of the 80s, been a systems manager, you know, managing uh, data centers. And then over Mm. time, Mm. I got closer to enterprise-wide systems and then to the application level. And the further you move up, the closer you get then into IT management. And that has led in the end for me to be like 20 plus years CIO of large corporations like Bayer. Recently, more than 10 years, I've been uh, more than seven years with Philips. I have been with Bertelsmann. And in terms of my background, you know, uh, I had the privilege to work in uh, many different industries. Mm. Like, as I said, semiconductors, consumer electronics, healthcare, agriculture. And uh, when it comes to um, global, I had uh, also the uh, luxury to enjoy living abroad, uh, like seven years in the US. Uh, I live in the Netherlands. So I've seen a lot. And now mm. I'm acting as a CXO advisor with different purposes. Well, I'm very much looking forward to digging into that and, and getting a view of what your the CIOs that you're talking to, you know, what's going on with them at the moment. But before we do, that's a very expansive career. So du- during that period, you've seen a number of eras of compute by the sounds of it. I mean, so mainframe has probably been around during that period, but of course, a lot of what you've done is, has been through the world of client server, hasn't it? And then client servers evolution into cloud. Have you got a quick perspective on how you've seen those kind of era changes during your roles. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. You know, I always have to laugh when I hear the, the, the word mainframe because yeah. it was one of the first things I, I really killed, you know. Uh, <laughs> uh, when <laughs> I remember, I, well, the first I, thing I, you took down. <laughs> yeah, I took down really. When I, when I, when I joined uh, Bertelsmann, the, the media company, uh, in the early 90s, after I have been with, with a semiconductor company that was entirely on Mac, you know, I came to this company and everything was... 
IBM mainframe token ring. You know, I mean, mm. it was oh yeah, it was horrible. And, uh, and, uh, and you know, it was it was quite quite a, a job to convince everybody to to transform and to get into client server, into relational databases. At that time, you, you remember these competitions between Oracle, Sybase, Informings, and these yeah, type of companies. Uh, it was that age. The, gr the uh, great uh, database wars of the late eighties. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Uh, so for a long time, client server. Uh, but you know, at the same time, I was always curious. You know, what's what's the next thing to come? Not just yeah. from a technology point of view, but how can we drive value? And uh, when it became clear that the next paradigm would increase the value to the business, I was always trying to be fast uh, in terms of jumping on this and and, and implementing it. Right. That's what where we are today with you know with cloud. What do you see as being the the sort of the core aspect of business value of cloud, say, when you compare it back to, say, client-server era? Uh, I mean, I think, you know, everything is changing, uh, changing with cloud. You know, and you have to look at it from a, from a business point of view as well as from an IT point of view. And of course, you mm. need to merge both uh, because they should never act independently. But, uh, but as we know, uh, more and more businesses are, are really being data-driven. Uh, and when you talk about data-driven, you know that the data that you need to drive your business is probably sitting somewhere somewhere in the cloud uh, and can only sit in the cloud because it is it is uh, accumulated by connecting to multiple stakeholders uh, that all sit somewhere in this world. And then you start to sharing data, then you start to use data uh, for better algorithms, for better outcomes. And any digital business model today, I mean, tell me one business model where the data is entirely inside. It's, it's, right. it's just not. Yeah, uh, I, I give you one anecdote. Uh, you know, from Bayer and the and the agriculture business, mm. uh, digital farming. Uh, so when people had doubts whether digital farming is is something that really requires cloud, my first question was, okay, we know it it also is based on satellite images. Where are the satellite right. images? They're right. in the cloud. Right. Does it make sense to download all of the satellite images every second to your own data center? Then process them and make sense of it. No, you better put your processing where the data sits, and that's in the cloud. Absolutely. And so, was it that logic that drove you to establish buyers' cloud transformation approaches? Yeah, actually, you know, when you are in a CIO position for for a company like Bayer, that is typically uh, active in various businesses, not mm. not in the monolithic kind of monolithic type of setup. In this case, it was pharma. Uh, consumer health and agriculture. And you can imagine agriculture and pharma, they do not have that much uh, to do with each no, other. Very uh, what you try, and, but now you are responsible for the entire IT of this company. And you have to think about, you know, what is going across? I mean, what, what makes sense for all of them together? And where do you have to create value individually? And right. um, you have to look at it, at it from the business side. To give you one example, which, which I find is, is, is very transparent. When you are in pharma, uh, for the last decades, the rule of thumb was always it would take 12 years from discovering a new molecule until this molecule might end up as a product in the market, as a new drug. And you know right. that when you find a new molecule, maybe one out of a thousand only even make it towards a new drug. And 12 years means it is the time that people who might have a serious disease are not able to yet get it because it's not finally developed. Mm. And the question mm. is, you know, how can you how can you um, speed up the development of a new drug 
by using digital. And um, things are becoming now totally data-driven. You have topics like computational life sciences, you know, mm. where you use uh, data in order to, to simulate how a molecule would ex actually impact a certain disease. And when you then are further in the process and you have to try it out, and this is why you have the clinical trials, you know, after animals, you have clinical trials with humans, mm. only to figure out what should be the target group of people uh, where you apply this new drug to be tested. It becomes right. now so data-driven and you can gain so much speed and shorten the cycles uh, by using machine learning, artificial intelligence. And then further on, you're not alone. You know, you work uh, on this new drug with patients, with healthcare providers. How do you communicate with each other? I mean, mm. patients who are in this crowd of, of a clinical trial, they used to have to go to, to the doctor then, you know, every two weeks. Uh, to get another test, another exam. And many of those things can now be done digitally because you, we are wearing devices that are sending uh, right. essentially real-time uh, the status of your, of your health uh, to, the, uh, to the doctors. So all, all of this is digital. And mm. you have to ask yourself as a company, put yourself into the CEO position. You know, you're now, you're now um, confronted with priorities where to invest. You invest into a new production facility where you manufacture or produce traditionally your drugs? Or would you say, I'd rather use the money to go into new ways, how to even figure out what will be the new drugs? Right, and that is something right. where the CIO is, is, is there to help assess the probability of success, uh, to help to understand uh, how much investment is required, to help to understand by when would you see the first results and, and have the time to market. That's, that's how CIOs would think. So in terms of the approaches that you then took at Bayer, dealing with such diverse businesses, each of which are digitizing in their own way, is that how you handled the conversation as an executive? You, you took it as sort of almost, you know, to use the three businesses in your example, you took it as three separate business conversations that you then aggregated together to look at what the, the, the underlying cloud themes were for the transformation? That's, that's absolutely right. And um, to bring this even further, we, we came up, and you know, this is not Bayer specific. I think this can be applied to anyone, to any industry. Sure. And we, we came up with a model um, that was saying IT has two mandates. It's the value mandate and it's the efficiency mandate. Mm. The value mm. mandate is close to where the business value sits. And the business value is specific. It's different in the automotive industry versus the pharma industry. And that's why you have to sit with, the, with these people to understand what value can you drive by deploying digital. When you come to the efficiency mandate, it's about how you manage IT across yeah. an enterprise. Right. And uh, this is also very much impacted by clouds. I mean, are you doing everything yourself or do you recognize that by moving into the cloud, you get to different economies of scale, can drive costs down, you can get a higher degree of agility to deliver to your businesses. So that's my recommendation. You always think in these two categories. Value is with the business, efficiency is with your team. I think that is uh, very insightful because my reflection on that is that IT itself as an industry, at least for the last, let's say the last 15 years, but it might even be the last 20 years post-millennium, IT has been really quite narrowly focused on efficiencies. It's often a cost center in organizations. And 
things like outsourcing and you know third second and third generation outsourcing are usually to try and reduce costs of things like running data centers so is that something you recognize or in, in the organizations you've been in has it has it always had the value target as well as the efficiency target a very good observation uh, dave uh, and i must confess uh, it has not always been like this. Right. You know, I mean, it, it depends also how IT is positioned uh, within the company. And, uh, yeah, absolutely. Often and it where it reports been seen, to. Yeah. Where we, by the, oh, by the way, where reports to, uh, it's, it's also a funny uh, discussion because many CIOs believe they have to report to the CEO in order to be close to the value and not to the CFO. I had two CFOs that I was reporting to who were really excellent in understanding the business value of IT. So it depends more on the person mm. than, than mm. on the mm. function itself. But uh, you often find, you know, uh, this situation that IT is seen as a, as a cost factor and uh, as, a, as an automation factor to a certain degree. Um, and uh, the value part has always been difficult to, difficult to quantify. You know, um, you went as CIO to Gartner conferences. Uh, you mingled with mm. your with your peers to figure out, oh shit, how can I how can I assess the value? It's so easy to assess the cost because right, you can measure right. this, measure this, and you might remember also these uh, discussions around what's the healthy ratio in terms of your cost that goes into the into the operating bucket versus the new investment, the projects. You know, and there are some some IT shops out there who who unfortunately spend 90% on the SEs, keeping the lights on, exactly. and only 10% on new stuff. And then yep. their recommendations, you know, you should better be 50-50. I know the reality is that you probably always sit with more than 50% in the operating area, and you probably have 50 minus something mm. available for new investments. Right, right. And that becomes difficult, doesn't it, for organizations that are actually trying to create cloud cases particularly if it's being driven from the IT department, if they can't get into that quantified value position. And that then exponentiates in difficulty when, say, the new value might even be in a new business service that the, that the business hasn't even got its head around yet. So in your conversations these days now, you've, you, you've moved into a role of CXO advisor. Um, I, I'm, I'd love to hear the, the types of conversations that you're having with other CIOs now about how they are quantifying that value. Yeah, um, actually, uh, this is what uh, what I'm doing exactly as CXO advisor. On, on on one side, working with companies to yeah. exactly understand what you alluded to. What is the value going to be of, for example, a cloud transformation? But then also talking to CIOs to understand where do they have their priorities. Why are the priorities set as they are? And are they not able to move a little bit faster into, into the cloud? And um, the reality is, uh, yes, many of them uh, are struggling. Um, and I think it comes also from the fact that cloud is not fully understood by business leaders what it is. Uh, they often look at this as a technical thing, and this is only for IT. So what I would recommend you know, to CIOs is, uh, whenever you talk about the need to transform towards cloud, first be able to articulate the business benefits. Uh, the mm -hmm. business benefits that can be achieved by what I just explained, for example, in the in the clinical trials in the R and D area, or digital marketing, getting closer to your customers, achieve a higher degree of customer loyalty, and these type of things. And then you have to ask yourself as a CEO, okay, if I understand that a certain digital dose in my business models 
is absolutely necessary to, to continue to compete. Can I be digitally outwards and stay analog inside? The answer, the answer right. is a clear no. Yeah. Right. I mean, you have to live, you have to live the digital paradigm internally to be perceived as a digitally driven or data driven company. And if your IT is not moving to cloud, forget it. Yeah. If they still have right. their own data centers, if they still have the do it yourself uh, paradigm, it's not going to work. And this is something that CIOs and CEOs, you know, should figure out when they when they talk about priorities and how fast or how slow should I move forward. And are you still seeing when you when you talk across multiple different sectors and multiple different organizations, how mature do you think this conversation is across the industry now? So if you step back and look across the industry, we hear such an awful lot about cloud. It's it's almost in every airline magazine. It's in it's in mainstream media as well as tech media. You get a lot of data about how fast a lot of the providers are growing. So it sort of lulls you into thinking that this is a mature conversation that we're right in the middle of. But actually, when you look at things like workload adoption rates, and when you look at what organizations are actually doing with the cloud, it's maybe not as mature as you might think it is. So what's your perspective in terms of talking to a lot of organizations? My first observation is that this is um, not industry specific. I, I, I would not say that certain industries or for mature companies, you know, we're talking about, about enterprises, uh, are much further advanced than, uh, than others. It depends on the specific people uh, and how far are they believing into cloud and digital as a means uh, to reinvent themselves. Mm-hmm. COVID certainly has resulted in some acceleration because it created a higher level of belief you know, and trust that cloud and digital can, can really help and uh, deliver workarounds around situations you know, that, yeah. that were not expected. But it comes also with a danger. Uh, with the danger that that business leaders believe what they now do with Zoom conferences, Microsoft Teams meetings, that this is all about cloud. I mean, yeah. this is this is a very very small piece and, and no. part of it. Yeah, uh, and and companies should see this only as as a proof uh, that things are going to work, and then think about what are the real value drivers in order to you know. Uh, benefit from being in the cloud. And that is a discussion that, that CIOs and CEOs have to have uh, in a very intense forum. Yeah, I see that the, uh, the I think your COVID point is very well made. I thought what COVID did was prove, well, first of all, it, it, it created an existential crisis. So organizations had really no choice if they were going to survive, you know, sub- significant population lockdowns, they were going to have to work in a different way. And it, and it allowed companies for the first time I mean, maybe ever, certainly in the recent digital age, to move at the speed of cloud, to like pivot, to work in a very different way at the innovation speed of cloud, which I think is quite, was quite unusual for them, but they, they sort of had to do it. And what I wonder is if, if when you look at broad adoption, does adoption of cloud move at the, at the speed of cloud or does it actually move at the speed of an organization's budget and budgetary cycles and things like that? What do you think? <laughs> that's a, that's a real good question, and um, I I clearly tend to uh, to vote for the for the latter. You know, it moves at the yeah. speed of of your of your budget, and which I think is not uh, not a surprise because um, in cloud it's, it's the reality you know, in a lot of ways, isn't it? it? It's in a lot of ways, yeah. And and I mean, of course, the IT industry, you know, uh, with all of its different players, you know, uh, 
they, they have cloud now as their core business. I mean, there's, there's no IT company that can be successful without playing somewhere in the, in the cloud. And they all innovate. And they innovate in parallel. And now you are on the other side. You are using you are using their products uh, and services. And of course, it takes time to adapt. And we should not underestimate the change management that is required in in a company. You know, it's it's often not a technology issue. More a question of how do you change? Uh, how do employees get used to work different differently than before? Uh, and this is not just about you know Microsoft Teams and Zoom. Let's take the example of a more critical aspect, supply chains, global supply chains. Uh, uh, we are all hit by this, you know, since uh, since COVID. And um, it should be clear to everyone, you know, if, if your supply chain systems, you know, try to handle the supply chain in the traditional world, you will suffer from breaks. However, if you are able to adopt a more data-driven uh, uh, approach, if you are able to adopt... Uh, artificial intelligence gathering a lot of data that is coming up with alternative proposals, how you can feed your production, you know, with with, with products, uh, with services and alter- alternatively routes, then you are on the winning side. This is what people have to think, business leaders. COVID changed the way how we communicate and communication is one mm-hmm. aspect of IT in the company. The other aspects are production, supply chain, marketing, and they have to see that the same as what happened to communication between each other is possible to happen in each of these domains. So there is a lot of room, a lot of room to explore in order to come to a more digital supply chain, to come to more digital marketing, and it's going to be better than what we had in the analog world before. So when you're talking to CIOs about that challenge because it's it's such a scaled challenge isn't it like lots of people when they talk about cloud first of all they they think about it often as a very technical exercise or it's a data center exit and what you've just talked about has has ripples into every corner of how a business functions how are you approaching that conversations with with CIOs who are managing a series of budget targets and maybe don't have the investment at hand to deal with something like that. How do they get after such a big prize? Yeah, you know, it has it has a lot to do with how does a CIO, CIO want to be seen him or herself in the company? What is really my role? You know, do I help to shape the future of the company? Or do I just follow and do what everybody is asking me to do? Mm-hmm. And uh, my my strong advice is uh, put yourself into a position that you are part of shaping the future. And this is, by the way, also true for this other topic, sustainability. You know, where because digital and sustainability have a lot to do with each other. Yeah, very uh, hand don't, in don't, hand. Yeah, don't 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 wait until somebody comes and asks you to do something about it. So my advice to CIOs is. This is your opportunity now. You are the chief information officer. Information is data, data is cloud. Um, um, nobody around you probably better understands what, what cloud can do for your company in terms of creating business value. So don't be shy. Speak out what could be done and what could be really the result in terms of the, the business value. Of course, it requires that the CIO understands the business. Unfortunately, right. Right. not always the case. But mm. if it is, you know, don't hold back your horses. And 
Um, I also want to bring this into the context of the current discussions, you know, the war in Ukraine, inflation, companies trying to save money. And then, then some people are saying, oh, now let's stop to invest into cloud or let's shrink our cloud investments in the next couple of years. You know, I think big mistake. That yeah. would be a big mistake. I would rather look, you know, as a CIO for where are other maybe areas that I can save the one or the other dollar or euro, but please keep my cloud investments, you know, on the right level because this is the future. And in these times, you know, which are hard, it is it is really now the moment to put the right basis in place for our future in the company. Well, I think that's um, a, a phenomenal place to draw a conversation today to a bit of a close. And it feels like we've only just started. There's like, there's so much more to explore in what you've said in terms of the obligation of a CIO, I think, almost in an organization to bring what's possible to the table for discussion and be bold about that, right? Sometimes you might feel vulnerable in doing that, or you might feel like you're going to get exposed in doing that. But I think really it's a time now to to step in. And actually, there's been no better time really, because you've almost got some of the proof points sitting right there in terms of what the pandemic you know, allowed organizations to do. Yeah, absolutely. And, uh, you know, it it also goes hand in hand uh, with one other aspect. When you are the CIO and, and you have the intention, you know, to help your company to transform, show to your leadership that you can transform yourself and your own area. And yes. this is something I'm also observing that, that many IT leaders are holding on too long to what they have in place now. And, and I know, we know, the transform, transformation into cloud for IT, it's a huge step because mm. look at your skill base. You know, if you have a thousand employees, just to have an arbitrary example, mm-hmm. and amongst mm-hmm. those thousand uh, employees, you have a certain competency mix. That competency mix with cloud and after cloud transformation will look completely different, completely different. But it's the same in the business. And yeah. you need to yeah. show as a CIO that you are, you are the first one who is going to have the courage to transform and to convert this. Uh, and, and when you do that step uh, and you see the first successes, you create also trust in the business. It's often forgotten that this is very important. Lead by example, not by talking. Do you see an, a difference there? Because if we look at the pandemic, that was so disruptive for business. Leaders need to take a stand for that. Do you see it's different now? Are they holding back again? Yeah, I think that there there is some holding back, or I would even, I would call it maybe a, a certain dose of missing courage, you know, to 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 go faster and uh, to really accept that the future will be different. And um, many many companies and IT leaders are taking the stance of, uh, I will first observe what others are doing, and if it's proven to be successful elsewhere, then I will follow. Okay, you you, you might not have to be always the first mover, uh, but but with cloud and competition in, in, in your industry, I mean, there's no, there's no time to lose. Uh, and, and you need to have the courage just to go forward. Schalke, yeah. what research have you found over the course of the last week in terms of you know, looking forward and what might come next? 
Yeah, that's very, very much in line with the discussion that we now have. Yeah, because every week I will do some research uh, on the recent tech innovations and I'll pick one that's interesting to share. And this week I came across a recent study that got published. So according to that new study from Wanklouds, 81% of IT leaders say their C-suite has directed them to reduce or take on no additional cloud spendings as financial markets continue to be volatile. Because of the rising inflation, the interest interest rates, along with fears of a potential recession, have put increasing financial and operational strain on organizations. This came out this week. Of course, we are not surprised you know, that this came out. But the way how it's formulated already shows the problem. The sea level has directed them. So they are not part of the sea level. Uh, You're right. They just get, yeah, so they they seem to get directions. And, it's and now been they, delegated they, 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 to them. Yeah, and now they try to figure out how to how to follow, you know, that, that, that marching order. The only thing I would say is if, if I would get this marching order from 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 my from my C level, I would immediately start engaging in a discussion. Not because I do not recognize the needs of the company, you know, to be careful in these times, but to engage in the discussion that there are certain investments that need absolutely to be made going forward. Otherwise, we might be able to go through this crisis, but we could be dead afterwards. And, and of course, you know, it's not an all-in or black-and-white scenario, but simply saying, you know, slash your costs by 80%, no, I mean, that doesn't work from my point of view. This is no. not how you should run a business. I I, I agree. And, and, and I also agree with... The fact that there's a you know there's a fiscal reality out there which is which is going to be difficult for the next number of years and let's let's hope that's a fairly short number of years but it's moving into the unknown again but I think to your to your point rather than just trying to manage what we've had for the last ten years actually pushing forward and going well what's a cost effective way to do new things that might actually help us manage our way through this financial crisis in a much more creative and innovative way that might give us access to new things that we've not had in the past. It shouldn't be just about turning the screws down on all the budgets and hoping the world will be the same at the other side. Because I think one thing that is 100% for sure is the world will not be the same on the other side of the crisis. Absolutely. And and you you have to take a look in a holistic way at what you have at hand. The other example is we are now in this crisis uh, mainly because of the war. And we know next to this war, there's also cyber war. Uh, and, and companies, yeah. companies, you know, uh, feel, feel the pressure to do something. And the other study that I have seen just recently is that more than 60% of CIOs have now recognized that cybersecurity is much better to be set up in the cloud than on-prem in order to have a better strategy for defense. So what do you do now? You know, you have these cyber threats, you are not adequately protected anymore. And you know, when you go cloud, you can be much better. Would you stop investing? I would. I find that stupid. Schalke, I know you've got some interest in security. What's your, what's your perspective on that? So if we look at that recent study that came out this week, um, that kind of worries me. Because if we see that the investment in cloud is going to be lower in the upcoming years, then that also means that investment in cybersecurity will also be decreasing. So that kind of worries me. But you know, in reality, maybe one one last uh, uh, experience. 
very often when these reports are coming out, they they show very much this black and white picture uh, under the hood. You know, I know that in these companies, in most situations, there's a more substantial discussion around, you know, what makes sense, what doesn't make sense. And you find ways how you can still continue, you know, to, to invest, maybe with a little bit of a slower dose, but, but continue to invest into those things that are really necessary to come out of the crisis better. That would be my hope. Fantastic, Daniel. And thank you so much for joining us for the discussion today. Um, you've given us a lot to think about. And uh, I think it barely felt like we scratched the surface of it. Yeah, I enjoyed it very much, Dave. And uh, you're right. I mean, we could talk another two hours about this. Yeah. But the most important thing is talking is nice. Let's hope all the other guys are doing something. That's it. And actually, we end the show by asking our guests what they plan to do next. So what what do you plan to do next? And that can be you know, uh, who you're talking to next, or it could be as simple as, hey, for dinner tonight, I'm going to make spaghetti bolognese. What are, what are, what are you up to <laughs> next, Daniel? Well, we are Friday afternoon. Um, I'm, I'm happy to be able to look forward to the weekend. Uh, it's yes, supposed yeah, to be that. sunny. And uh, my next thing is, is the weekend and uh, being outside and enjoy the nice weather. And then Monday, I will continue to think about how to further engage in cloud and transformations. Well, Daniel, I hope you have a, a lovely weekend and the weather holds up. Same to you. Yeah. Thank you so much for being on the show this week, Daniel. And uh, also many thanks to all of our listeners. So we are both on LinkedIn, Dave Chapman and Xiao Kizal. So feel free to follow or connect with us and let us know if you have any ideas for this show. And of course, if you haven't already done that, subscribe to our podcast. So this has been an episode of Cloud Realities. See you in another reality next week.